live. No longer us that live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. And you shall, you will get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church say amen. Let's look into the word of God. Go with me to St. John, the eighth chapter. And I want to begin at verse 30. And I want to end at verse 32. St. John, the eighth chapter, verse 32, verse 32. And I believe that the Lord has a word for you this morning. And I'm speaking that he gives unto you that he has given unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding on this morning shall be enlightened. That's the, our heart shall be enlightened so we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. The word of God reads, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me speak this again. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to talk about knowing the truth. Knowing the truth. God is bringing a word into this house because I believe some of us or the majority of us think that we know the truth, but we're not getting any results from the truth. When you know the truth, you're going to get results from the truth. Amen. The Bible says that when he spake these words, what was the words that Jesus was speaking? Jesus was speaking words of life. He was speaking about himself. He was speaking about the father. He was speaking that he and the father are one. Jesus was saying that he was God. The Jews did not want to hear this, that he was speaking, but the ones that believed, the Bible said when he spoke these words, they said that many believed those words. So the the point that I'm making here is, The word of God has to be spoken. The word of God has to be spoken because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And God was giving me an illustration dealing with hearing just like uh, we make promises to one another. And those promises that we make, we have faith in the one that has made that promise. It may be a husband and wife when they stand before the preacher or whoever they stand before and they tell them for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, unto death do us part. They're believing those words, or at least some people are believing those words, but the majority of them are not paying attention to those words. But when those words are spoken, when you take those words to heart, you believe in that that husband and that wife is going to be there through the better, through the worse. When you're rich, when you're poor, when you're sick, when you're in good health, when you're on your dying bed, to death do you part. You have in faith in what they're saying. You believe in what they're saying is true. And just like when you go to a doctor, when a doctor tell you what they believe is there, or they tell you this is what I believe is going to happen, and if you don't do this, this is what we believe that doctor, we take that doctor at at his word. When a lawyer tells you this is what's going to happen if you don't do this or you don't do that, we take the lawyer at his word. We call the doctor, we check with the doctor, we make sure nothing has changed according to the machine that they use to give you the report we only trust what the machine say y'all come on somebody we only trust what the lawyer saying hey they did go to school for eight years to be a lawyer so if they say I'm getting out of jail and I know that I'm a thief but they say they can get me off I know I'm a thief but they still gonna get me off but it still don't change the fact that I stole what I stole but they said if you give me this amount of money I'm gonna wipe your slate clean We believe the lawyer. We believe the doctor. 
We believe our husband and wife when they say, I ain't cheating on you. When somebody's standing in your face and showing you the evidence, we still believe the lie. They ain't my husband. They ain't my wife. We believe man. Everything that man say, we depend on man because we put our faith in man. Come on, let's be real. Man tell you they can only go on what they see. But my Bible tells me as Jesus spoke these words, many believed. Why? Because they were having faith in the words that he was speaking. They believe what he was saying. How many of us are going to get to the point that what God says is more truer than what anybody else is saying to us? When we're going to get to the point that say, God, I understand what they say, but your word has the final authority. God, this is what you say. I'm going to read it again. It says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. He was speaking of himself. And they believed on him. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. But the word of God said, how can we believe when we have not heard? And how can we hear without someone speaking unto us? Let me say it again. How can you believe if you have not heard? How can you hear if someone don't speak it unto you? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Some of us are so prideful that even what I'm saying now already heard that. Oh, I'm going to go deep with this. Already heard that. I can tell you what the whole chapter says. I bind pride in the name of Jesus. Because I don't care how many times you hear this word. It's going to be something different that you didn't hear the first time that you read it or the first time it was spoken. Many believed on him because of the words that he spoke. What was so good about the word that Jesus was speaking? It brings life and not death. That's why the Bible says that we have eternal life through Jesus. There's no eternal life through no one but him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And those who believe on him shall not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. So they were believing on him because there's life in the word. The Bible says that the flesh profit you nothing. The spirit quickens. The spirit is what makes alive. The flesh Profit you nothing. Get over your flesh. Your flesh will not profit you. These are the words that they believed. When are we going to believe that our flesh profit us nothing? The spirit makes alive. The flesh profit you nothing. He said the words that I speak, they got to be spoken. The words that I speak unto you, they are. Spirit and they are life. See, the reason why he said they are spirit because God is a spirit. And when God's word is spoken, it's in a breath. It comes from the spirit and the spirit of God is released upon his words. And that's when you get the power of God in your life. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So they were getting life from the words that Jesus was speaking and they believed it. Y'all, I stayed on that verse for a long time. And the more I stayed on the verse, the more God was giving me illustrations. He said, people are believing everything and everybody except me. They're believing anything and everything and everybody, but not me. So I went right back to the verse and he still was giving me examples. He said, when man tell you something, you grab hold to it right then and you don't even know the truth from a lie, but you accept what they're saying because you done put your trust in them. Y'all, God be showing me stuff. He was showing me, he said, 
You don't even know what you take in when you open up a pill bottle. Man created that. But we don't, some of us don't even read the instructions on the pill bottle. We just take as many as we want because we believe it's going to get rid of the pain. But God said, I'm your medicine. My word is your medicine. He said, my son, pay attention to my word. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. But keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto all those that find them and their help to all flesh. Meaning that the word is your medicine. The word is your medicine. We got to see the word of God for what it is. Y'all, we go in the store. We buy toothpaste. We buy deodorant. We buy, you know, food. We buy all of this stuff. Face products. We put on false nails, false teeth, false hair, false everything. And we put trust in all this false stuff that we put on until we break out. We think it's all right. Until we get something from it, we think it's all right. When they tell you to take this because it's going to make your body do that, we take it because we waiting on what they said. When they say you ain't took it long enough to see the effect, we keep taking it. Because we want what it says we can get from it. What about his word? Why do we just throw it aside because we feel like because we spoke it, we ain't getting no results. That's where we're ignorant and don't know. Just like you keep taking what the doctors is telling you to take. I remember when I was going through in my mind, y'all, I was desperate. I knew it wasn't right. I knew something was off within me. That's why they have the physicians where they can sit down and talk to you and ask you all of these questions. And then they get deep in your business. They go way back, several generations back. Well, was anybody crazy in your family? Is your family crazy? They got to go way back. They got to get to the root of why this stuff is hitting you to, to give you what you need or what they think you need. So as they gave me a pill and they said, take this pill. As you take this pill, it's going to help you. Why I took the pill. And it didn't help me like I thought it was going to help me. It helped me for a little bit, y'all. For a little bit, I felt kind of good. You know how some pills relax you and you just feel like you already in heaven, but you're still here on earth. I was so relaxed. I'm in my office smiling at the people. Yeah, because I feel good. Uh, like I know I should, uh, I feel good, uh, but when evening came out, what happened to the feeling, I need that feeling, whoa, 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 I need that same high, y'all know what I'm talking about, I need that same high, so I wasn't getting the same effect I had before, so I went back to the doctor, I said, look at him, Something ain't right. He said, well, let me up the dose. You know, we got to up the dose. Now, y'all know if I had that feeling, then I'm going to get a good, right? But guess what? On the Lord's day, when I began to spend time with the Lord, and I said, Lord, something ain't right. This is what he told me. The Spirit of the Lord said, notice how it is. In the morning, you're good. But when it comes getting into the night what is it about the night you feel like your mind ain't right he said let go of the medicine and trust me oh no I got to have something tangible I got to have something that I can put in my mouth and go down my throat now listen what I'm saying I ain't telling none of y'all to get off your medication because if you don't know truth stay on it stay overly medicated like you are I'm just telling you That you have to be in a place with God to know truth. So I'm sitting there, y'all, and the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And he told me, get rid of it and trust me. So when I made up my mind, I'm going to trust you. I put it in my purse. He said, you're not trusting me. I put it in the medicine cabinet. I put it everywhere that I could go to it to reach for it when I felt like I felt. He said, you're not trusting me. He said, I want you to literally get rid of it. 
Y'all, when I got rid of it, it seemed like my mind snapped back. It seemed like I had hope against hope. I had a hope that said I can make it outside of how I feel because I'm trusting you, God. I could raise my hands and begin to praise him. Why? Because I was getting to know truth. So you have to hear this word over and over and over again. How many of us sit before someone? And they're telling you the same thing over and over and over and over again. As parents, we tell our children over and over and over again. And finally, they get it. Finally, you don't have to tell them that no more. It becomes a part of them. They can do it without you telling them no more because it becomes a part of them. They can tie their shoe, brush their teeth without you telling them anymore because it has become a part of them. Why? Because you took up the time. My son, my daughter, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to what I'm saying. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it. Guard it in the midst of your heart. Because what you keep and what you guard and is bringing you life. It's bringing you help to all your flesh. But you got to pay attention. You got to hear what I'm saying. The enemy wants distraction, y'all. He don't want you to hear this because this is what's going to bring you life. He want to take you away from this and give you other things that you should be doing to make your body do what it need to do. He want to give you other things to make you feel like this don't work. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So he's telling us, you got to get the life from my word. So look at this. They believed it. They grabbed hold to it. And look what Jesus told them. Now look at this next verse here. I don't want to miss nothing because I want to give you everything. So look what Jesus told them after they believed. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He's speaking to the ones that have accepted him. I'm speaking to the ones today that are born again. The ones that have faith in Jesus Christ. This is the first thing. Once you get born again, you don't stop there. Some of y'all folks have stopped at being born again and ain't doing nothing else. I'm going to say it again. You got born again. You saying, Lord, Lord. But something is missing from this born again experience. You just stop right there. Jesus is giving you the answer right here. They believed on him. They accepted him. But he said, just because you believed on me and you accepted me, guess what he said? If you abide, if you continue in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. That's amplified. So Jesus said, just because you accepted me, that's good. You have life. But until you hold fast to what you have believed, my teachings, it's like you don't have that life that you receive from me. See, some of us are born again, but we're not getting into the word and allowing the word to get into us. Until you get into the word and allow the word to get in you, continue me, you holding fast to what you believe. You're holding fast to his teachings. He said, if you abide, if you continue, you know, in our homes, we abide in our homes. They know where they can find us at. We're in that home. We're in him. So we got to abide in him. We got to hold fast to what he's saying. So he began to break it down some more. Go to John 15. Come on, we're going to get taught today. Because see, you have to understand the word in order to Apply the word. No understanding, you ain't going to be able to apply it. John 15, I'm reading the expanded Bible. Verse 1, listen at what he's saying. I am the true vine. And he said, my father is the gardener, the farmer, the vine dresser. Now listen what verse 2 says. Pay attention to this. He cuts off. Or takes away every branch of mine in me that does not produce fruit. Let me tell you what's happening here. When you get born again and you have accepted Jesus. 
the ones that have truly accepted him, that are truly disciples, followers, learners of Jesus Christ, they are attached to the vine, which is Jesus. But you got some that have confessed him that's trying to say they're attached to him, but they're not bringing forth anything, so they got to be cut off. What am I saying? You got people that saying, Lord, Lord, but have not truly accepted him. So they got to be cut from that vine because they really don't have no relationship with him. How you know they don't have a relationship with him? Because they're doing more for the world. They're producing more fruit in the world than they're producing the fruit of God. They got to be cut off from that vine. The father cuts them off because everybody that say, Lord, Lord. They do not know him. We have a lot of people that say they know him, but when you look on social media, they got everything mixed up with him. You ain't going to mix the world with God and say it's right. You don't mix bad with good and say it's okay. You don't do that. People are saying that what good is evil, evil is good. That's not right. And this is what grieves the Holy Spirit. How can you agree with something that's not right when it's contradicting what the word of God says? If God say this ain't right, it ain't right. I don't care how you write it up. That's not the way God intended for it to be. And when you know the truth. Oh, I ain't ain't getting there yet. I ain't getting there yet because these two verses here is going to get you to 32. But if you ain't got the first two here, you can't get to verse 32. So he said he's going to cut away those that are on that vine that's not producing fruit. And then it goes on to say, and he trims and cleans prunes. He's trimming and cleaning every branch that produce fruit. So that it would produce even more fruit. If you got stagnated people in the body of Christ, I'm just going there. If you got, let's go to a job where everybody's familiar with. Let's go to you, Athea. If you're on your job and you're working hard and you're producing for that company. But you got other people working alongside of you and they ain't producing anything. And you carrying all the load. They supposed to be fired. They're supposed to be cut from that vine. No matter what job you on, if somebody is not putting out the way they need to be putting out, they're supposed to be fired. This is how it is for the kingdom and in the body of Christ. If you got Christians that are professing Christ, but they're stagnating the rest of the body of Christ, bringing fornication in, bringing adultery in, bringing all these things in the church, which is not of God. And they've been told that this is not of God and they keep doing what they're doing. They got to be cut. We can't have no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. They supposed to be cut from that vine. If you own leadership teams and that team is trying to get where God is taking them and you have a stagnated person that's not moving because they think that what we're doing is not what we should be doing. They got to be cut from leadership because they're stagnating the rest. So you have to be cut. But he said the ones, this is what hurts y'all. It's pruning time. He said the ones that need to be prone. Jennifer, you know about a grapevine. If you don't prone that thing back, you're going to have a mess, right? You got to prone it back so you can get more fruit, right? If you don't prone it back, you ain't going to get the fruit that you know you should get. It's going to be skippy stuff. It ain't going to be growing like it need to grow. So God said, I need to prone you. I need to take these things away from you that's not producing fruit. Whatever is keeping you from producing fruit from me, I want to prone prone it selfishness i want to prone hatred i want to prone i want to prone self-righteousness i want to prone gossip i want to prone all of these things that's keeping you from producing what you need to produce now your flesh gonna hurt because i'm proning these things from you adultery fornication i'm gonna prone it i want to cleanse you people don't want to be cleansed He said, we need proning in the body of Christ. This is why when people come to you and they tell you the things that's holding you stagnated, that's a proning for you. Your flesh don't like it. Don't take.
make up for somebody who is stagnating the rest of the people. It's time for you to move on. Your heart is not where it need to be. God said it is pruning time in the body of Christ. It's time for the body of Christ to cut off those things that are stopping us from moving forward in him. And guess how they are pruned. Jesus said, you are already clean or pruned because of the words I have spoken to you. The word of God will prune you. The more you go into the word... It will prune. You ain't going to want to do what you do no more, y'all. The more you go into the word, change come through the word. This is why it said, be not conformed. Shaped into the mold of, poured into the mold of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change come through the renewing of your mind. Transformation come. So when you are getting prone, when things are being cut away from you, it's because you're spending more time in the word. You don't have that desire for those things no more. They don't mean nothing to you no more. So God is saying, it's pruning time in the body of Christ. Don't get mad. You should be giving God glory, saying, God, though it hurts, thank you for proning me. We need to get over selfishness in the body of Christ. We need to quit looking at other people and say, God, woe is me. When somebody come to you, quit putting somebody else, throwing them under the bus because they coming to you. Well, did you see them? I didn't come to them. I come to you. And if you saw them, you should have went to them. Why are we always pointing other people out? Because somebody's telling you something. Because you need to be prone. You need to be in the word more. And you'll learn how to study to be quiet instead of always trying to take up for yourself. You in flesh. We need to come out of the flesh and we need to be in the spirit more. The more you in the spirit, you don't entertain the flesh. So Jesus said, you are clean. Through the words that I have spoken unto you. He's letting us know without abiding in the vine, we can do nothing. The enemy don't want us to get our nourishment from the word because he knows the word is what gives you life. No matter what you go through, you can go into the word of life and know what's written and say, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So God, every word that you're speaking is going to bring me life. I may not feel like it's bringing me life, but I know it's life in your word because you told me it was life in your word. So I'm not going on how I feel. I'm not going on what nobody else is saying. Your word has life and I receive it right now in Jesus name. So we got to continue. He said, you got to continue in my word. Just because you believe on me, you got to continue in me. You got to abide in me. You got to hold fast to me. You got to cling to me. No matter how hard it gets. God said, you got to hold on to me and say, God, I do see what's going on. But God, I'm holding fast. He said, hold on to your profession of faith without wavering. Because he is faithful. Who has promised? Even when you're faithless, he is faithful. God is faithful. It don't matter what you do or how you do it. His word is not going to change. So why do I want to hold on to his word? Because his word is true. Because his word is above every word. Because God is not man. Y'all, God is not man. He's not man. He's not man. He's not man. He's God Almighty. He's Elohim. He's the creator. He's El El Yon. He's the most high God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's the banner. He's Jehovah Tescanu. He's our righteousness. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. He's not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not spoken it shall he not do it have he not shall he not make it good because he's not man come on all of us even me sometime i'll tell my husband well this is what we're gonna do you know when we get to this point we're gonna do this 
But then next thing I know, I'm like shaking my head. Well, we can't do that right now. But when God tell me, this is what he going to do. God ain't shaking his head. The only reason why he's shaking his head, he's shaking his head at you. For not believing that he's God. Come on, y'all. We get so deep in other things, we forget that we have a God who's high and he's lifted up. And he's above every situation. He's above every problem. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere. Everywhere I go, he goes with me. He said he'll never leave me, nor shall he forsake me. When I'm down, when I lean, and when I depend on him, he picked me up. He's the potter. I'm the clay. He's the one that molds me. He's the one that tells the Holy Spirit, remind her what I told her. Hold her. Comfort her. Be there for her. Only testify to her what I'm saying unto you so I have the Holy Spirit for him to tell me what my father has to say so this is why he said hold fast continue in my word he said my disciples are the ones that continue the ones that hold fast to my words in the midst of opposition. Come on, when you look in the word of God, before Peter really got transformed and changed, Peter was talking hot air. I'll die with you. Jesus told him before the crop crows three times, you're going to deny me thrice. Did he do it? Yes, he did. But when Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost, with the power of God from on high, Peter was very boisterous and talking about God. Now, Peter didn't come down. Peter did what he saw Jesus do. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. So these apostles, only thing they did, they mimicked Jesus. They did what they learned. They hold fast to what they learned. Why? Because they was with him. Oh, I'm I'm getting to that last verse, but I can't get to the last verse until you understand What God is saying, are you holding fast? Are you abiding? Are you continuing in his word? Are you trusting and relying on his word outside of what you see, outside of what you hear? Are you holding fast? Are you cleaving unto him instead of cleaving? You can't serve two masters. Because you know what? We're in a time now, we pray to God, but we pray for man too. We pray to God, but we pray to man. God said, I want to be the only man. I want to be the one that's your yes. Outside of their no. Because all of my promises in him is yes and in him is amen. But you got to get to that place. Some of you trying to get to that place and you don't spend time with him. You spend time more with everything else than you spend time with him. God said, my words is what brings life. My word is not coming back to me void. Y'all, this is a promise. Whatever God said, he said, my word ain't coming back to you void. But it's going to accomplish that which I please. It's going to prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. That's a promise. So I remind God of what he said. I said, God, you told me. Your word ain't coming back here void. God, I'm not coming to you to get anything because I already got what I need from you. I'm coming to you because I know what belongs to me and I command it right now in Jesus' name. And everything that's in my way that's stopping me from getting what God said, you move out of my way. Mountain, move in Jesus' name. You don't have no right here. Go in the name of Jesus. You got to rise up in what God has given you and say, God, this is not what you said. And you begin to bind, you begin to loose according to the word of God. We got to quit rolling over. We got to start coming together for one another. When one in the body is down, we lift them up in prayer. When they can't make it on their own, we call forth a mighty army. But what we do is, we think we know more than God. Because see, when you spend time with that vine, he ain't only giving nourishment to you. He's allowing you to give it to somebody else that can't, that can't nourish themselves. He's allowing you to reach way beyond you and set outside of how I'm feeling. God, there's other people. Let me tell you something, y'all. When my house is going through, me and my husband begin to pray for everybody else's house. 
When things are going on in our house, I say, our house ain't the only one going through. It's other people that's worse off than we are. Now I lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. God, whatever healing they need in their body, God, send your word and heal them right now in Jesus' name. No matter how my body feels, somebody is hurting worse off than me, God. I'm not going to be a selfish Christian. Somebody is going through in their finances besides me, God. So God, strengthen them where they're weak. You said, let the weak say they're strong. Let the sick say they well, God. So I'm sending this word wherever it need to be. I'm not the only one going through. Somebody else is going through besides me. See, that's selfishness. Sometimes we want people just to look at me. Peter had him to look at him because he knew that he had the resurrection power on the inside of him. He didn't have him to look at him because he thought he was better than anybody else. We got to quit looking at ourselves and we got to look to others and say, Lord, I can breathe. I can move. It's somebody on their deathbed. It's somebody, God, that you want to raise up today. So, God, I'm speaking to the one on their deathbed and I'm saying, rise up. It's not your time yet. When you can barely get out the bed, say, God, at least I can move a finger. Somebody can't even move an eyeball. So I'm going to give you glory for the one finger I can move. Come on, we got to abide. When we abide in him, we're not thinking about us. Because that's what he didn't do. He didn't think about himself. Even though he wasn't a criminal, he wasn't a murderer. He thought about us. The ones that was out doing the crimes. The ones that were doing wrong. This one man laid down his life for the whole world so we could be free. Then he said, verse 5, verse 4, remain in me and I will remain abide in you. A branch cannot produce fruit alone by itself, but must remain abide in the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit alone, but must remain abide in me. Some of y'all are doing things on your own without his help. Some of y'all are trying to bring forth something without him. We need to lean and depend on him. We need to be honest and say, God, I don't know. You need to let people people know, I don't know, but I know who do. So we're going to talk to him about it. I don't know what to tell you about the situation, but let's talk to God and see what God has to say about it. And as we come together and we come together in prayer, when two or three come together, the Bible says he's in the midst. Because we're believing the same thing. We're on one accord. So if we believe in the same thing, we're expecting God to show up and show out. We're expecting an answer from God. Now, God, we need an answer in this, God. You said you answer us if we call on you. God, you said you show us great and mighty things because we don't know right now. But you know, God, stir up these gifts in us as the spirit wills. Stir up discerning of spirit. Stir up the word of knowledge as the spirit wills. The word of wisdom, God, begin to stir up prophecy, God, so they can be encouraged, so they can be uplifted through the word of life. God, we need this from you, God. It's not about us. Y'all, we got it twisted. We want people to see us. We want people to know what we're going through. I got something to tell you today. You ain't the only one going through. You're not the only one. Let me tell you the ones that really have grabbed that concept. They ain't calling all over Africa to try to find somebody to help them. They're right there in their home and saying, God, if you don't do it, nobody can. They ain't out where look, nowhere looking for a handout, looking for somebody to pray for them because I prayed for you, or looking for somebody to give to them because they gave to you. Come on, when you give, you don't look to get nothing back. You give because the word tells you to give. Regardless if nobody don't want to give it to you. See, we twist it in the body of Christ. Just because somebody done something for you, they can't expect you to do it for them. So quit having an expectancy because somebody give you M&Ms. You expecting them to give you some M&Ms. Come on, somebody. That's selfishness. Because they got it, I supposed to get it because we in the same church. But if you ain't abiding in him like they're abiding in him, it ain't time for you to get nothing. Come on in, take a seat, get taught. That's what you need to get so you won't get God. That's what it is. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I 
remain abide in them, they produce much fruit, but without apart from me, they can do nothing. If any do not remain abide in me, they're like a branch that's thrown away and then dies, withers, dries up. So look at what he's saying. The whole thing is, I'm still at this verse. You got to abide. You got to remain in him, come what may. And the ones that's really remaining in him, they are producing. They're producing fruit in hard times. People are seeing long suffering. They're seeing peace. They're seeing love. They're seeing joy. They're seeing the fruit of the spirit. They're seeing meekness. They're seeing that opposite to what that person is going through. Why? Because we're abiding in that vine and that's what Christ did. We're showing his characteristics. We're not showing ours. We're not basing on things on how we feel. We're basing it upon him, the word of God, because our dependency is in him. Y'all, you do not take a word from in and everybody that just look like they can quote the word. Just because they can quote the word, anybody can read the word and quote it to you. But if they ain't living it, if they ain't holding fast to it, it don't mean nothing. You got to live what you quote. You cannot tell. Let me say this. If a person is telling somebody by Jesus Christ, you are healed. And you telling them that, that's what the word say, by Jesus Christ, you're here, go on in Jesus' name. And then you're home crying out to Jesus because you want to be healed. That's a hypocrite. You cannot tell somebody something you're not standing on. What you need to tell them is, the word says that you're healed. Now, I ain't got there yet, but I'm just going to tell you what the word say. Tell them the truth. I haven't got there yet, but it don't change the word. The word is going to remain the same. It ain't waiting on me. It's going to stay the same regardless of what I do or how I do it. The word says you are healed. So if the word said it, you already heal outside of how you feel. So we see how we got the whole, right? We got the whole fast. We got to cling to him. We got to cling to the word. We got to abide in the word. That's when you get to that verse that said, and you shall know. You ain't going to know the truth or become acquainted with the truth until you continue in it. When you continue in the word, you having a relationship, you having an intimacy with the word. Just like Adam knew Eve and she conceived and brought forth Cain and Abel because she knew her husband. She had a relationship. She had intimacy. How many of us have really got intimate with the word? We're so intimate with the word, nobody can pull us away from it. See, when you get so intimate with the word, nobody, I don't care who it is, can change your mind like that. When COVID-19 came into this world, nobody should have been able to change your mind about standing on Psalms 91 if you were standing on it. Because you got so intimate with the word, you saying, regardless of what's here, I know what he says. But we lost the intimacy because we really didn't ever have it. That's why people get uprooted out of churches because you were never in there. Soon as somebody tell you something, I'm out. Love endures and bears all things. You know what the word say? Y'all been over there in that good chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Some of you don't want to go in there because it hurts. Because you act like you done back in kindergarten. Now you don't know what endure means. Endure. Endure. Even when it hurt, you long suffering. So when we hold fast to him, when we abide in him, that's when we know the truth, come acquainted with it, have a relationship with it, Become intimate with the truth. And that's when we're made free. You're not going to be made free until you continue. Until you stay in the word of God. Some of y'all are in and out the word like it's nothing. You just go in it when you feel like ain't no hope nowhere else. That's when you get in the word. You really want to hold fast to it when you feel like I can't do this no more. They can't help me no more. So I'm going to hold fast to what Apostle Amanda said. You don't wait till something happen to hold fast. Because I got something else for you. The more intimate you come with this word, the more things that come, you may be shaken. 
but you won't be moved. You're going to continue to hold fast because you're saying, God, nobody can do it but you. Nobody can help me but you. Because the enemy plant thoughts in your head opposite to the word. But when you know the truth, whatever thoughts he's bringing, you say, uh-uh, I cast it down. That's not what the word says. See, what the enemy want to do, he want to plant doubt in our mind. See, a stronghold is actually believing lies. It's not believing the truth. You're meditating on things outside of the word of God. So the enemy builds a stronghold in your mind. So when the word of God do come, you don't accept that word because that stronghold is blocking the truth. But the more you get intimate with the word of God and the word becomes planted in your heart, guess what it's going to do? It's uprooting everything else that's not of God. But it takes time for that seed to grow. When you put that seed in the ground, y'all, you don't know how it's growing, but you know it's going to grow. How many y'all know, Mr. Hayes, when you plant a garden, you know when you put that seed in the ground, you're going to get some corn, you're going to get some okras, you're going to get something. You know it's going to grow, but guess what he got to do? He got to pull them weeds out. Anything that's going to come in and try to take that seed, he's going to pull the weeds out so that seed can continually grow. So you got to pull these weeds out your life. You got to pull weeds of doubt, unbelief, selfishness, all of these things that's trying to uproot that seed. You got to pull them out. Why? Because you know what truth says. Because you have become so intimate with truth. You say, I don't believe that. That's a lie. I hear what you're saying, but his word is found authority. So until we get to that place, I'm telling you today, the ones that's holding on to truth, don't be discouraged. Because the more you leave that in the ground, that seed, and the more you guard that seed, guard your heart. That's where the seed go, the word, with all diligence, because out of it are the issues of life. Every day that seed is going to grow. And you're going to see a sprout coming up from that seed. And you're going to know, I'm getting a release. I'm getting a release. I feel a release. That's the power of God coming up through you. Y'all, it does not happen overnight. See, we want to speak the word and we want to see it manifest in the natural overnight. It's already manifested in the spirit, but it's going to take time. Why? Because we made some deposits that was not the right deposits. And the withdrawals that we're getting is not from the word of God. It's from worldly things. So God said, continue in my word. Abide in my word. Let my word abide in you. Don't keep digging up the word of God. Spend more time with him. Get more intimate with him than you're getting intimate with everything else. Shut off things. Close the door and talk to the Lord. Tell him all about what's going on and say, God, you said. And then the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of what he's saying. Y'all, it's time out for digging up our seed. It's time for us to believe really what God is saying to us and trusting him in it outside of what we see. This is how we will know the truth and the truth will make us free. If you're not free yet, it's because you don't know the truth. You're supposed to be free outside of how you feel. Your freedom comes outside of how you feel. When you know him and become acquainted with him, you know you're already free regardless of how you feel. So if you're going on feelings, then you don't know him. You don't know him the way you need to know him. Yes, God, this is going on in my life, but I can't go on how I feel. I got to go on what your word is saying. I want to know the truth. And by me knowing the truth, I shall be made free. Who the son sets free, y'all, is free indeed. So the more the word is spoken over And over again, the more illumination and light and revelation you get from the word and you can live what the word is saying outside of how you feel. I don't care how much we cry, snot, boo-hoo. Some of us think that's having a good time with Jesus. Sometimes that's having a good time with your feelings. Because you couldn't cry like you wanted to cry, so you're getting it out. But then once you get it out, How are you really feeling? Let's talk about it. How are you really feeling? Are you really feeling free? Are you going back to that dark place again? Let's be honest. See, when the word come in on the scene, that crying and snotting is the joy of the Lord. 
I don't know about y'all, if, you, if you've been in a place with the joy of the Lord, you don't want to stop crying and snotting. You're just all over the place just crying. Thank you, God, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. You're just crying all over the place how good God is, and you're giving him glory for his goodness, his mercy, and his loving kindness. And then when you come out of it, you go right back in his goodness. Oh, I don't want to come out. God, you're so good, you're so good. See, that's when you know you've been in the presence of the Lord. But if you're coming out with attitude, you ain't been there. If you're coming out depressed like you went in, you ain't been there. Because in his presence, it's the fullness of joy. You coming out with a dance, a shout come out your mouth, a dance come from your feet. See, when people say, I was shouting, it ain't with your feet. Shout is with your mouth. Dancing is with your feet. I would come out dancing and shouting, hallelujah. See, that's, that's the difference, y'all. See, you're feeling it all on the inside. Rivers of living water is springing all on the outside. And you're doing something with the body you can never do before. You don't feel no aches. You don't feel no, hallelujah. The more I praise him, the better I feel. Why? Because praise is a weapon. And the more you begin to praise him, you begin to kick up some things you thought you could never kick up before. Arthur ain't even bother you no more. Because he is the author and finisher of your faith. And then you say, I can see, I can see, I can see. You were never blind. You don't understand. I see, I see. I see what I couldn't see. I see him high. And lift it up. I don't see me no more. I see him. And I want to give some people a warning. If you don't get over you, you ain't going to be up in here. Because the devil going to drive you right out of here. You, yourself, and I. And you're about there. Because you're making it all about you. It ain't about you. It's about where God want to take you. So don't let the devil put you in a place you don't need to be in. Because let me tell you something, y'all. I learned through family going through. When it's your children, when it's your husband, your wife, your dad, your mom, people that you're close to, when they go through, you go through. And some of us go through with attitude. Come on, we all done it. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us, y'all, to take the word for what it is. And even if we don't, his word is not going to change. God wants all of us to know the truth. Let's be on one accord with the truth so we can be there for one another and we'll know how to answer one another according to the truth, according to the word. If you have not gotten there yet to know the truth, to become acquainted with truth, God will connect you with someone that do know truth to lift you up until you get to the place where you need to be with truth. That's just how wonderful he is. He'll hook you up with somebody to tell you what the word is saying. He'll hook you up with somebody that'll lay hands on you and you shall recover. He'll hook you up with somebody to let you know there's joy above anything else. He will hook you up. Until you get to know the truth. He's hooking you up until you get to know. Not to hang on to that person to pray for you. Until you can pray for yourself. God wants us to know him for ourselves. So from the pulpit on out to you guys. We all go through. From my house to your house to the White House. Everybody going through. And we're supposed to pray for one another instead of getting mad at one another. If you're getting mad at what you're hearing, you need to check yourself. We're supposed to pray one for another. Amen. Prayer changes things. Now, I get these two sisters mixed up. There's one named Lou 